I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, March 3rd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So, Jay, with everything going on in the world, I'm looking at maps a lot more. By the way, I generally love maps. It's one of my weird interests, along with, like, planes and airports, but maps are cool. And I was reminded of the Mercator projection, which is what we use to traverse the world to try and map it out. Are you familiar with this? I am, because I took grade seven geography. Yeah, well, this is more grade eight, uh, Jay. Oh, sorry, so it's well, a bit in of Canada. A, a, I'm from yeah. Massachusetts, where we do it in grade seven. Yeah, the gifted program. Yeah. So what's interesting is that it's not accurate. I can never get over this. So it misrepresents Africa specifically, because did you know this? Africa could fit in the US, China, Japan, India, and much of Europe into its landmass, but it doesn't look like that on the map. I know that because... You took you took grade seven geography. I we all did, but it, I was Jay. saying like, I mean, the world is certainly skewed towards Western Europe. That is no surprise. And we all pay the price for that, including right now. But that is a lot of landmass to fit into Africa, for sure. I just think it's a, it was just an interesting fact that I saw. And I always forget that. Like, I know you're right intuitively. Like, I look at a map and I'm like, that. I don't think that's how the world actually looks. Right. But just to like put it in perspective, it's just crazy. Anyways, big into maps right now, just looking at all the, the stuff going on in, in Ukraine. And so, it, yeah, it's, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting fact. Well, now that we know how you spent your downtime, Brett, what are we have for Peak Pals today? Oh, yeah. Don't get me started about GeoGuessr. For our first story, take a hike. For our second story, in and out. And for our third story, no crying in baseball. For our first story, the Bank of Canada raised its benchmark interest rate by 0.25 basis points to 0.5% yesterday. And Brett, if that last sentence isn't dull enough to put you back to sleep, I really need some of the coffee you are drinking. But as dry as it is, this rate hike, the bank's first since 2018, is awfully important. So Brett, want to dive into what this means for Canadians? Yeah. So if you already know, or you don't care about the details of interest <laughs> rates, you can just fast forward through this. But if you enjoy the nitty gritty, like Jay and I, it's time to keep listening. Uh, the interest rate you hear talked about most, that was raised to 0.5% yesterday, is actually what's called the overnight rate or policy interest rate. And that's what the central bank wants private banks like CIBC or TD, to charge each other for loans made every night after the markets close. Think of the overnight rate as what banks pay to borrow money. As you have likely noticed, banks are in the business of shocking, making money, and ideally lots of it. So the rate they charge you to borrow money is partially a factor of what they pay to borrow money with a healthy markup attached for their troubles, of course. Yeah, of course. And here's why all of this matters. It has been very cheap to borrow money for two years, with the Bank of Canada's interest rate sitting at 0.25% since March 2020. Now, one of the most significant effects of that was making mortgages more affordable, which increased demand and prices for housing. The average house in Canada now costs $811,000, up 43% from pre-pandemic December 2019. That's, that's crazy, Jay. Yeah, it's a lot. Higher interest rates will cause banks to increase their mortgage rates, which will impact anyone who has or is looking for a mortgage. Now, people with fixed mortgage rates won't feel any immediate impact, but they will have to pay higher rates to renew when their term does expire. Now, people with variable rate mortgages will start paying more in the very near future as banks increase their rates. Now, depending on the terms of your mortgage, this may take the shape of your mortgage taking longer to pay off rather than your regular payments going up. And for people looking to get into the housing market, higher rates are a double-edged sword. On the one hand, mortgages will become more expensive, but on the other hand, this is very economics. On the other hand, Brett, higher rates could cool the market and eventually lead to lower prices. 
Let me guess. You also took grade seven economics too, Jay. <laughs> yes, this is a very difficult the course. Ba- the bank is aiming to tame inflation with its rate hikes. And yesterday, it reiterated its commitment to returning inflation from right now, I think it's at 4.8% back down to 2%. So Jay, what's next for interest rates? Well, don't expect this rate hike to have an immediate impact on the housing market. During the last major run-up of housing prices in 2016, the bank raised rates five times to 1.75% before the market actually cooled. For our second story, in recent years, private businesses have become an increasingly valuable resource for social change. They're kind of like apolitical government sidekicks, but now a growing number of Canadian and international companies, including Apple and Canada Goose, are suspending operations in Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. This is all per CTV and Business Insider. All right, Jay, who's in and who's out of Russia? We've rounded up what stands out, but note that this list continues to grow, change, and alter every moment. So we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, so take that with a grain of salt. We'll start with the tech giants, including Google, Meta, YouTube, Twitter, and Netflix, all announced measures ranging from reducing visibility to blocking Russia media outlets altogether. Now, if you're a Russian citizen excited about the upcoming release of Turning Red, I got bad news for you. Entertainment studios, including Disney, Sony Pictures, and CNN's parent company, Warner Media, have paused releasing films in the country. Global energy players, including BP, Shell, Norway's Equinor, and Exxon, have moved to distance themselves from Russia in a number of ways. Aerospace company Boeing has suspended major operations and has, along with its rival Airbus, ceased providing parts and support services to Russian airlines. That sounds safe. International automakers, including Ford and General Motors, have suspended operations and halted all exports to the country until further notice. And financial service providers, including Visa and MasterCard, are also working alongside regulators to enforce sanctions and comply with measures as they evolve. What I'm hearing, Jay, is actually that you just can't use credit cards there right now because Visa and MasterCard aren't aren't operating. It's just crazy. Can you imagine just waking up one day and not being able to use your credit card? It's really hard. And not to point fingers, but let's point some fingers, Brett. Magda International and Kushchart are among the Canadian companies that have Russian operations that have stayed put despite the exodus, this according to the Global Mail. And countries around the world are raining down on Russia with new sanctions from the EU, US, UK, Japan, famously neutral Switzerland even, and Australia announced in recent days. Now, back to Russia for a second. The country has reacted to getting globally sidelined with capital controls, including doubling interest rates, banning brokers from selling securities held by foreigners, ordering exporters to exchange 80% of their currency for rubles, and pressing a big red panic button, banning (laughs) Russian residents from making bank transfers outside the country. That is a panic button. One small other note that I saw scroll across TSN, CCM Hockey, so this is a very Canadian angle to this, will stop using Alex Ovechkin and other Russian players in any global marketing initiatives, they said on Monday. So it comes all down to hockey when you're in Canada. That's a very delicate balance. They've got to be careful. You know, I'll just say this is that Panarin, the bread man, he is anti-Putin. I hope they still work with him. He was anti-Putin from the beginning. Anyways, there you go. For our last story, Major League Baseball has canceled the first games of its season set to begin on March 31st over a labor dispute. Brett, I know you're not much of a baseball fan, but give the Pink Pals a breakdown of what's going on with America's pastime. Baseball. Yeah, you could say that the whole season, I wouldn't even notice. So MLB players and owners have been locked in negotiations over a new collective bargaining agreement for nearly a year, but could not reach a deal by the league's self-imposed deadline yesterday evening. By the way, this is actually uh, two days ago. 
As a result, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred announced that at least the first two series of the season would be canceled, though the work stoppage could drag on for longer. And Jay, I know you care a lot more about this than I do, so why does the MLB standoff matter? Well, let's bring it very local, like it matters to downtown Toronto business owners because it is a good, long, juicy season with tens of thousands of people coming every week for like four days in a row. But Major League Baseball is a $10 billion business, and these negotiations will determine how that pie is split. The Players Union argues that while the league's revenues have grown, player salaries have actually declined, ironically. The owners represented by Manfred have argued that the pandemic cut deeply into team earnings, but there's no way to verify that as their financials, you know, aren't public. And this takes us to the big picture. Baseball is already struggling to maintain relevance with the public. MLB attendance fell to a 37-year low in 2021. And while some of that can be attributed to the pandemic, the number of people watching from home was also down. An extended lockout would likely make the problem worse. Following the 1994 MLB strike, attendance fell by 20%. If an agreement isn't reached soon, that $10 billion MLB pie may shrink awfully quickly. I'll go, I'll go to the Jays game once in a while, Jay, but I'm not... Oh, we I'm should go together. Else. We can record a podcast from there. We'll be the only Jay's, ones there, so record a podcast. Jay, Jay's Red Sox. I like it. I like this a lot. Yeah. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to... And only... Daily Canadian Business News Podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale, and thank you, Brett. And Brett, I'm going to call the Major League Baseball's Players Association and the league and tell them we will announce scores every day if they don't cancel any more games. No, we're going to lose listeners if we do that, Jay. We're not. That, I'm not willing to make that. We don't have that many to lose, so we've had they better. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Thanks, Brett. <laughs>